0: Okay, you guys, I don't think you're possibly as excited as I am to have my best friend of life on this podcast on With Wit. Here she is, Andrea Cutler. Hi. Okay, so um, I'm just going to immediately embarrass you because that's what I have to do. Oh, boy. So Andrea and I have a nickname for each other (laughs) that she really hates saying to anybody. She (laughs) thinks it's something that we only can use for each other, but um, that's not going to happen anymore. (laughs) So Andrea and I call each other gines. Lately, she's been more uh, gines-ria to me. Timmy asked me who I was recording with today, and I was like, just (sighs) gines-ria. But uh, funny enough... We got that nickname for each other f- when we were drinking, like, Orangina in middle school, I think, or elementary school. That is not something my mom would allow, so it <laughs> had to have come from the porthouse, some sounds for right. Sure. <laughs> so Andrea and I have known each other since we were in third grade. I transferred to Warner Avenue Elementary School in third grade, and we became fast friends. So that's how long now? Like 25 years, more than oh my we met God. in 1993
1: in the fall of '93. You'll also realize she has a much better memory. than I do, you have a child, uh, it's okay. No, this was even before that. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, um, so we met in third grade and we, yes, became fast friends. Andrea is an only child, and I, as you guys know, I'm one of five kids, so Andrea spent a lot of time at our house hanging out with all the siblings, eating all the junk food, because as she said, she was not allowed to eat any of it. What did you have in your lunch every day?
1: Well, you know, because I would trade you for it. Whitney would have Cheez-Its and fruit nibbles. I would have a turkey sandwich, a box of lemonade, and an apple. And I would give you my apple for all of your food. Oh
0: my God. That's so typical. I'd be like, I don't even want the Cheez-Its and the fruit nibbles. Just give me the apple. I would
1: just park myself in your parents' pantry, like every single day weekend yeah, like, was like shoveling food
0: her <laughs> parents starved her <laughs> that lunch was literally the same every, every day. single day it was every like groundhog day. Yeah, day totally oh my totally. gosh but that's kind of how you are now I was just you're say a creature that. of habit andrea yeah. likes to go to the same restaurant every time i'm in new york she wants to eat the same foods right mm-hmm. she likes to have a routine yeah you I are do. that kind of person i do it's a control thing <laughs> I don't blame you. Yeah. I know. Life feels a little easier when you have more control over it. Totally. So, okay, so we've known each other for that long. I actually ran for
1: president (laughs) in
0: fifth grade. Mm -hmm. And did you run as well? Sure did. Okay. Ran
1: ran against you every year. So
0: Andrea Andrea and I ran against each other in office. And unfortunately for her, I was. In fifth grade. <laughs> and she had no ego and offered herself up as my bodyguard. That's true. It's true. It's true. Always and my Paige, bodyguard.
1: And your little sister, was this, the third grade secretary. Right. Which, like, what did you guys even
0: do? Nothing. Nothing. Zero. Yeah. So... We left fifth grade, we went to Paul Revere for one year, and then we parted ways. You went to Bretwood High School, I went to Crossroads. Mm-hmm. And that phase was a little bit, like, non-existent for us. Yeah, we kind of, I don't want to say we lost
1: touch, but our friendship kind of thinned out, mm-hmm. I would say, like, after, not like, around ninth, tenth grade. And then we got back into the swing of things senior year. We, I remember... We had our, like, first date back together at CPK in Brentwood Gardens. <laughs> oh my God. I wore a pink sweater. Why? Oh, my God. You, you, were really, you were really late. I was. I had to text with your sister because it was, like, that time when not everybody had cell phones, I feel like. Right. So I was, like, texting Ashley to find out where you are because you didn't have a phone. Fa- I mean...
0: Yeah, I kind of remember this. Yeah. Why w- didn't we stay friends, though, through high school? Part of me wants to say it was because you were a little bit racier than I was. It's, I was but-
1: so funny. I was thinking about that today, and I was thinking the same thing, but what's the, what was the word that I wanted to use? Because I feel like promiscuous feels really negative, Yeah, but I, I came up to rebellious. I think, like, yeah. and I was scared... Mm-hmm like I smoked cigarettes and yeah. like would drink
0: and I feel like you were not, you were pretty straight laced I was pretty straight edge. Also our parents were best friends. Yes. So I think you I were I didn't want anything worried. getting back to them. 100%. Yeah. yeah. And I knew it would. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. because you know I, at that time I told my parents
1: everything. Everything.
0: Yeah. Well, That's sad. I feel sad for that because I feel like we missed a whole phase of each other's lives. But
1: don't. Who knows? Maybe if we had stayed friends during those years and something awful, we would have had some version of a falling out and we wouldn't be the friends we are now. Yeah. Which is like
0: the best. Yeah. Yeah. So we had that first get back together reunion. And then I feel like everything else was history after that. Like like we just were instant best friends again. Andrea lives in New York and I obviously live here and I think from the outside looking in, people would think we're at like very different places in our lives. I'm married and have a child and you're single without child, but still, yep. <laughs> but we we still I feel like have the same outlook on life and everything and yeah. I don't feel like I'm at that different of a place than you. I feel like when I talk to you about what's going on with me that like you can really understand even though you haven't been through it. Right. I right. And I feel like we've always maintained
1: that connection. I feel like a few nights ago. And also this happens all the time like and I'm sure that you experience it too but you're out to dinner with friends or you know and they have kids and they're talking about things and you don't really know how to contribute mm-hmm. or you feel like and it happened to me the other night. I was like, oh, my God, I'm I'm so bored. Like, this is so yeah, boring. Yeah. I don't know how to relate. I have nothing to say. Yeah. I have nothing to contribute. But I also know that this is important to them. So I'm, like, in full blackout mode, like, <laughs> not paying attention. But I also, you want to be a friend to somebody and listen to whatever it is they're going through, mm-hmm. even though your concerns are, like, an, on the opposite side of the planet. Right. Right. So,
0: even though you can't necessarily empathize, you can sympathize. Right, and like I always feel like you just know me so well that you can easily insert yourself into my place and talk to me as if you've been there. Right, and I think that that's really something that only kind of best friends can do. Right, and
1: and long term friends who do know each other so intimately, it's like we think as. Like we're able to put each o- one, like ourselves, in each other's shoes. Totally. Almost. So, yeah. like,
0: even when I told you about my miscarriage, yeah. you were honestly the only friend of mine that I told because I knew that you would know the right thing to say to me. Yeah. Even though I have other mom friends that right. have had children and had miscarriages, and I chose not to tell them because right. it's not about like. A- it's not only about that someone has gone through it. It's such a good personal connection that you have with someone, you know, that they're going to be able to say the right thing to you. Right. You need to hear.
1: And you know who to go for certain things. Like you Mm -hmm. have friends almost like not for different reasons, but sometimes it's, yeah. Like just because I don't have a kid doesn't mean that I like, and I remember when you told me and it was really early on, I had like told you that my mom had had one before me. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And she Really wasn't affected by it. Like she that and that stuck with me. Yeah. And it I made me
0: feel better about I, how I was feeling.
1: Right. Yeah. And right. And it's not even validating so much as it is knowing that you're not alone in that feeling. Mm-hmm. But I remember, and it's just like, then you realize how like singular these experiences are. Mm-hmm. Like some people, it will affect them for the rest of their lives in a very sad meaningful way mm-hmm. some people like my mom is like I've never thought about it again you right. know which always was so mind-blowing to me mm-hmm. I was like what do you mean and Cause as
0: far as you know everybody that had ever happened to was devastated Deva-
1: totally yeah
0: de- devastated that's why it's just so important no matter what you're going through yeah. that you know, your best friend should always say to you, like, I hear you and like whatever you're feeling is, is okay. And it's right. And just because I haven't gone through it doesn't mean I can't like empathize. And that comes back to obviously my dad's situation. Yes. Like you were able to really help me through that in a way that Sometimes even my own husband couldn't, you know, because right. like you knew my dad yeah. so much more and yeah. so much longer.
1: Yeah. Um, I yeah. mean, you were the first friend and not even just a friend, but my closest lifelong friend who lost a parent. So it was, you know, not that it was, it was your family's loss, but we all felt it. So, I mean, you know, and what people mm-hmm. don't, like he was our softball coach, like mm-hmm. we from eight years old and friends. our, yes, our parents were so close. And so it was like you're we were as friends experiencing our own loss that felt so devastating but it was also like how do you be there for your best friend when like you you know your family but you're not in the family mm-hmm. so like what you know and i was just i always think like what is it that people can do for the best you know for a best friend mm-hmm. in those times of need like what like what were the things that were meaningful to you, that Mm -hmm. people would say to you, that gave you comfort?
0: Yeah. So I think the biggest thing is like after someone dies that's important to you, a lot of people show up right away. And then – a week goes by, two weeks goes by, and you start... Especially not- the
1: Jews. It's like one week later, they're all out. They're out. Like food's there's, gone. Right. There's right. no more
0: cold cuts. No. Like it's all been eaten. <laughs> totally. out the door. The white
1: fish is gone. Yeah. Yeah. I know. So,
0: oh my God, the... Oh my God! The amount of deli platters. Oh my God! That's another thing. Don't send deli food to people who are mourning. Figure out something else. And don't send flowers. Well, Well, Jews aren't sensitive. No, Jews aren't supposed
1: to send flowers because they die. Yeah, but but
0: not everyone's Jewish.
1: Also, good, great, great point. (laughs) Phenomenal point. What do you mean?
0: (laughs) Um, Mm. But yeah, so I think that one. It's really the staying power. It's Mm. really. If you really care about someone, you don't have to force yourself to remember that you need to be there for someone. However, life does get crazy and sometimes we forget and I forget things. Like I forget to check up on you after th- big things yeah. happen to you and it and for me, I don't feel like that means I care about you any less. It just means I don't know, life happens and so you don't it's not like who can show up more, but I think it's about when you are thinking about it, to take that moment to write them a text or mm. call them right away, not wait for the right moment. Just right. do it in that moment and just to ask them like like you do, just checking in, how right. are you? Right. You know, it doesn't have to be like a whole long, drawn out thing. But just that someone is thinking about you, even if it is just a text that says like right. thinking about totally. you. Totally makes like, the difference. It makes a difference. It makes you feel not so alone. Mm-hmm. And then when you are feeling so down, it makes you feel like you can turn. Turn to that person, and they're not going to like think you're a burden for turning to them, right?
1: Because I remember you feeling like that a lot. Because I mean, there were a lot of emotions, and they were could get very dark, and they were constant. And obviously, as time went on, you know, it wasn't. It will never be fully healed, but it got better. Of course. But I remember, like, you feeling that it was just like, and you were like, things were newer with Timmy then, and it's like, is this gonna?
0: Like I didn't feel like I could fully tell him all my deepest darkest feelings because I was like, you don't want to push it, you don't want to be too much, right? Like I wanted to marry this person, and my dad died even before we got engaged, and so that was a really hard couple years for my relationship. Um, Honestly, I finally feel out of that phase. No, but like I finally feel like out of the burden phase, right? Which is crazy because it's been six years. But I will say the other thing that's really meaningful to do is to to share your memories of the person to not be afraid that by bringing up the person you're going to make this person more sad that is go-
1: literally the thing that I was going to bring up and it was yeah. from reading Cheryl Sandberg's book did mm-hmm. you read that I after- started
0: to I didn't finish it I, okay it
1: was when she wrote it after her husband died and mm-hmm. she was like people get so afraid to bring it up because they don't want to make me sad mm-hmm. and she said something along the lines of like I'm never not thinking of it yeah. so you bringing it up isn't going to be the thing that reminds me so bring it up share the memories mm-hmm. like it's it can only be fondness and like if you don't want to talk about it then you don't right. but bringing it up you're you know I'm never going to be the one to remind you that your father passed away No, you live with that every day of your life
0: exactly right. like it's so true it's we are always thinking About And I think people don't realize how much we are thinking about it. And I said this to someone else that was on this podcast. They were a couple and her mom passed away. And she said, like, I wish that he would just ask me about Mm. it more. I wish Mm. he would just bring it up randomly and be like, I know it's been a while since we talked about your your mom. Like, do you want to talk about it? How are you feeling about it? So I think those random check-ins are really important. And when Timmy does it and when you do it, I feel this level of closeness and and love from you mm-hmm. that just you don't get often. Right. So
1: yeah I mean I feel like I always like would think like oh I just had like a funny memory of Jeff like mm-hmm. when we got drunk at the Standard and the next day we went to the <laughs> to the clothing show and he was like he I would... walked back to my hotel last night after those upside down pineapple whatever. drinks like, whatever- who, who who he... that? Who
0: did he spill the martini on? That <laughs> oh actress God. from oh entru- Entourage. <laughs> That's right. Right? Yeah. He spilled a drink on this actress from Entourage. It was so embarrassing. Yeah, but then the next and day he was so
1: like easy. I walked back to my hotel last night and the walls were closing yeah. on yeah and like for whatever reason it's just like and this was you know somebody who we knew in like our innocence too all throughout like then into our 20s and yeah. being able to do that with him and it was just like it always makes me smile yeah but you never know you know if bringing that up will be a happy memory or just you know, you don't want to send everybody like into like a one. spiral totally. of darkness. No, yeah. it's,
0: it's not. I mean, it gets you thinking about it, but it's like you said, you're already thinking right. about it right. and you want to keep his memory alive because right. I'm also starting to forget a lot of things. Yeah. And... In general, like I just am very forgetful, and you are constantly reminding me of things. <laughs> um, so the fact that someone else has stories that I may have forgotten or I didn't know, right? Like keep his memory alive for me. And right. So important.
1: Totally. I remember reading another thing, and I always tried to do this when I check in with you. Also from Cheryl Sandberg's book, which so good. I, I read after it. a breakup. <laughs> Obviously not the same yeah, thing, but, but it was like coping with loss death. in another way. Yeah. And I thought I could gain something, and I did. And Something so interesting, she said, is when you ask somebody how they're doing, don't say, how are you doing, but say, how are you doing today? Because it makes it so much more – it's not so big when you're it's like, so how are you doing? I don't, answer. Right. I don't know. I'm depressed. What happens tomorrow? I'm yeah. sad on this. But how are you doing today mm-hmm. is, like, so much more tangible. And it's like, I'm having a hard moment, but – I'm looking forward to dinner with my friends later or whatever yeah, it may yeah, be. And so yeah. it kind of gets you just thinking right now and, like, not – right, not so overwhelmed with, like, everything that is to with come. With the past
0: and the future. Right, and right. Yeah, because, I mean, that is just a good thing to do in general. Totally. Because it keeps people in the moment. There's right. no reason why we should have to, like – overthink how we're doing if we don't have to no like we always say nothing needs to be figured out today
1: if we don't need it to
0: yeah i mean but you and i need to practice what we preach because we're like I the know. queen of of spiraling, of out. spiraling out of <laughs> over analyzing things talking Everything. things over and over and over and now, a little break to hear from our sponsor. CBD is obviously a very buzzworthy word right now, but not everybody knows exactly what it is or who to trust when trying to grab some for yourself. I have the answer for you guys because hopefully you can trust me. But I have found all of the CBD products that I love from curednutrition.com. Cured Nutrition is a holistic supplement company based in Boulder, Colorado. Boulder, Colorado is like – the mecca for all wellness industry products. In addition to their 100% locally sourced Colorado hemp extracts, Cured also guarantees a super rigorous quality control system. For me, that's very, very, very important. I rely on their transparency. They even publish all the details directly onto their website, curednutrition.com. So you really know that they are getting the true potential out of the hemp plant with the comfort of knowing that they're also using the highest quality products. Okay. If you don't really know a lot about CBD, here's what it's used for. It's used to calm, it's used for stress relief, and it's used for anti-inflammatory properties. I'm sure so many of you out there could use some relief in these categories, but Cured didn't only stop at CBD. They have so many products that have been created for all aspects of a solid wellness routine. So whether you're looking for something really maximum strength or full spectrum or THC-free oil or gel caps or even the cookie dough, CBD-infused cookie dough for on-the-go snacking, but also just like on-the-go stress relief, which I'm sure a lot of us need. They have so many great different things. Also, sleep. Sleep is something that a lot of us struggle with. They have a rise option and a zen option, which really help calm you as well as waking you naturally. If you're worried about jumping through hoops to get your hands on your own, cured nutrition products don't be the company ships their products to all 50 states you can find my favorite products like the spot treating solve which is amazing for my headaches and also the cbd infused cookie dough at curednutrition.org. And I am here today to not only tell you about CBD, but to give you a special code so you can get a discount. All with WIT listeners can use the code WIT that's W-H-I-T at checkout to save 15%. That's curednutrition.com code WIT. As always, I'll include a link to their site in the show notes. So if you try them out, let me know. Let me know what you like, let me know what worked for you. I'm always looking for suggestions. We can all use a little bit more wellness in our lives. And now back to the conversation. So I moved to New York after filming The Hills. I moved to New York to film The City. And Andrea moved to New York a year after I moved, yeah. right? I remember just like praying for you to come to New <sighs> York. I praying. Came. And you came. Yeah. And those were some of the best years of our I lives. I mean, they
1: were wild. Every time I always think like if I ever leave New York, I'll be able to really look back on it and say we did the thing like we, totally we did, did
0: everything what did we do i don't know <laughs> <laughs>
1: We went out a lot Yes, to like the clubs. All the time. I feel like we were getting in everywhere. We thought we were really cool. We would just like get drinks and I don't even know.
0: Dance? We danced a
1: lot. We did
0: dance. I remember the one of the first nights you came into New York, you went to the Gramercy Hotel to the Rose Bar. Oh, yes. And we went to Where order you like couldn't glass. get in at the
1: time. Right. right. And we
0: went to order a glass of champagne <laughs> and I remember each glass of champagne was like $24. <laughs> and we were like like, okay, that's it. We'll, we'll split one. We can't <laughs> yeah. afford this. Oh my God. That was total shock for us.
1: Shock. I was a personal assistant. I was one of two personal assistants to Robert De Niro at the time, which was wacky. It was my first job in the entertainment industry, which is what I've been doing for the last 10 years since. But it was like my real introduction into that world. And I felt really cool, you know, I feel like you were on the show, I was doing that, we were, there was not a concern in the world. But that was a stressful job, I remember. It was, it was very stressful, it was very stressful.
0: Okay, and then you went on from Robert De Niro to... To Vanity Fair, where I worked in the LA office for a year after New York, and then came
1: right back to New York after that, and worked in their New York office for a little over three years... And then went over to Late Night with Seth Meyers for three years after that. And
0: now have been at Harper's Bazaar Magazine for the last three months. So obviously all amazing companies, Mm -hmm. shows – Magazines to work yeah. for. What is it exactly that you do? Can you fill in? Yes. Yeah. So
1: I am in I'm the entertainment director. I'm in charge of booking all of the talent. Anything celebrity related kind of comes through me. The covers, the inside features, working with the team to come up with concepts of what we're shooting and who we're shooting and how we're shooting them. And you know, what's the reference? What's the concept? What's the big idea? What are we creating that hasn't ever been done before? That will result in uh, you know an iconic image and a, a story that will be read by all and you know that people are excited to read about and that we're educating our readers on you know what you need to know about now in fashion and film and music and television so just mm-hmm. kind of really being aware of what's coming down the road you know having the foresight to know like what's going to be a big deal 6 months from now 2 months from now a year
0: from now so
1: it's also pretty stressful but Yeah, I
0: mean you have to be fully up all up in pop culture. I yes. know everything that's yes. going on, which obviously wasn't too Hard for you because I remember us always being so invested in Us Weekly Ugh. and knowing everything that was going on and all the celebrity gossip. Imagine if we did something else with our brain capacity other than like, – <laughs> I know. I'll tell you who broke crap. up
1: with who in like 2007, but like don't ask me who the 10th president was. Totally. You know? like, I
0: mean, I don't re- actually even read that stuff anymore. Like, me I'll get it at the airport and I'll look through and I'll be like, who – are these people totally and i feel so old. Do you think that
1: being on a show made you look at that differently because like you were the subject for so long and no. like did you feel like that intruded? Honestly
0: no because i i have never viewed myself as a celebrity. Like i i know myself as just me and so it's always been so hard. It's like an out of body experience. There's right. like two versions of right. me. There's me Who does the show and and me like? Right, I guess that as your
1: friend, I feel that way too. Like, yeah, it's so like when people come up to you, I'm like, wait, what? Like, what? Why is this happening? And then you kind of have to, you know, jog your memory and remember, like, oh, like this is, you know, you were on a very like culturally relevant show for so long. It's
0: so crazy. It's so crazy. The only way that I kind of wrap my head around it is that. Like, if I see a reality star that I love now... Right. Like, like who? Like, last week, <laughs> um, I saw the whole cast of Vanderpump Rules at our Hills oh premiere party, and I was like, what <laughs> are they doing here? And I freaked out, and I was so excited. And I'm like, oh my god, I guess this is how people feel about seeing any of right. us. totally. I'm like, so weird. Like, like you like, have why fans. why would they be so excited? Right. Was that weird for you? Like, when we were out in New York and... I was starting to get like sort of famous or was it always just like me, your best friend? It was always you, my best friend, but I have to say
1: like it was really You know what I (laughs) mean? Like we were going to clubs because like we got into fun places and it sounds so shallow, but when you're 24, single in New York, like what is better? It was joyful. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Like when that, when that stuff would happen, I never got in, I never was annoyed. I never thought anything of it. It was just like, it was such a trip Yeah, because we've known each other since we were children. Yes. And so it's, but it's also like a trip even now, like seeing you with a husband and with Sunny. It's like it's like that same kind of like, how did we get here? How is this happening? Feeling yeah. of like, I knew you when, you right. know. Like it's more that than anything else. I always thought it was a lot of fun. I want
0: to get back to the job stuff because mm-hmm. I feel like you really do have a dream job, and there are I so do. many people out there listening yeah. that would love to know. Some tips of how you got here, Um, you know, how networking has been so important for you about how, who you know is so important. And and that's something that I need to learn too, because I really don't like networking. Okay. So just some, some tips of how you got to where you're at. Yeah. I mean, the funny thing is, is I wish that I could say like, Eight years of summer
1: internships paid off, but I was a camp counselor every summer. But yeah, one, yeah, Andrea is a big <laughs> camp.
0: Girl, I by love the camp. Love, were you just there this weekend? No,
1: but I was in Madison, Wisconsin <laughs> with right. camp friends. Okay, okay. Um, so I did one internship one summer between junior <laughs> and senior year of college, and that is literally how my entire trajectory started because I kept in touch with somebody from that production company who set me up with someone in New York. Who got me into De Niro's office? Right. And that and I working as a second assistant got me my next job as a first assistant at Vanity Fair. I mean, so I don't think that there's any formula. It actually kind of makes me sad that people have to intern every summer because I think that like truly my most valuable like life, love, everything lessons did come from working at a camp. And like I met my you know, of my first love there. Some of my best friends are from there working with kids, teaching every day, having to be on every day. Like those things like taught me such valuable life lessons, but I get things, you know, that was 15 years ago. Things Mm -hmm. work so differently now. But I think that the one thing that I come across a lot when I like meet with young kids and I say yes to every meeting because people always said yes to me and I would not like be where I am now if like the big time editors didn't say yes to meeting with Nobody me 10 years ago. Anybody
0: that reaches out to you, you say yes. For the most part, yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah.
1: I mean, luckily, like, there aren't that many people. I mean, I've had cold calls that, like, I will schedule calls, I take the meet. I I really do. Just because you never know. Sometimes kids do blow you away, and then I'll really get behind them because I think that there's there's value in that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just feel like somebody recognized it in me and I'm so grateful for that, that like I will do whatever I can. But I think that starting as an assistant if you want to be especially in entertainment and across the board, just like knowing that nothing, it sounds so cliche, but that nothing can be too small for you. Mm -hmm. I think that there's, so much entitlement like I feel like I see it all the time people that expect to come you know they did two college internships and graduate and expect to like land a job and do this and it's like it's not that easy you have Mm -hmm. to be so much better than everybody around you. And you have to be, yeah, and will, have so much more experience. Yeah. And, and
0: willing to say yes and to everything. everything. You have to say yes yeah. to
1: everything. As an assistant, I remember the best advice I ever got was anticipate everything and assume nothing. And that has led me through, like, my entire career. I just, like, it with my instincts, with what I'm doing, with how I'm moving, just because it's often so fast mm-hmm. that it was, like, always, like, a really good, like, gut check for me. And that's, like, always the advice that I pass on to assistants that are starting out.
0: That's That makes a lot Um, of sense. I mean, I think the internship thing is by far the most like solid foundation to get your career going. Whenever anybody asks me how to start in fashion, I say you just have to get an internship. Like doesn't matter if it's for a PR company or for a magazine or for a designer, like just do something in the industry and then you will make connections and you will also fine tune exactly what you want to do. It's like dating, like right? Like you learn what you like and
1: you learn what you don't like. At 22, it's fine to take the whatever job. I think that people just get so laser focused on like I'm going into producing so I'm only going to work for a production company Mm -hmm. and I tell those kids like go work for an agency go Mm -hmm. work for a PR company you're learning Hollywood like yeah whatever you're doing just get in get in the door because you're if you're the kind of person that's going to do well, you will make the connections you need to make in whatever company and get right. eventually to the place. Like, I didn't think I was going to be still technically someone's assistant at 30, right. but I was. Right, And now I'm 34 and I'm the entertainment director of like a big magazine. So right. like you, sometimes things aren't where you thought they would be, but like, keep your head down, do the work. Do not ever expect that you are to
0: be given anything at any time. Yeah. And I don't know. It's not just like, going up this staircase and every step Mm-mm. is in this linear direction no. towards the top. Like it's all over the place. It's yeah. up and down. It's all around. And I do think the assistant thing is big. I think a lot of people yeah. could maybe turn their nose down at saying they're an assistant or even thinking right. about the word assistant. Right. But you really are having to do so many different jobs and be so many different Different types of people to this yeah. person that it's like such an invaluable experience. Completely. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's funny. I was thinking about I was on a shoot this morning and what am I doing? Like, I'm getting people coffee. Yeah. I'm
1: ordering drinks. I am making sure the trains run on time. So, like, yes, I have what seems like a big job, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I'm 10 years in, and like those things are still things that I do, and it's part of the gig. And I would never even think twice of like it being a lesser task. It's mm-hmm. like this is what it is. And if you're not up for like still making copies and getting people drinks, like you probably shouldn't be in this industry. Right. Because that's, even that's right. what I'm
0: doing now. Like totally. Like so much of my job right now, even though it looks like I'm doing all right. this stuff on social media and I'm filming a TV show and, glam- and I'm recording super glam, a podcast yeah. and I'm getting hair and makeup and dressing yeah. up like... Honestly, half of what I do, if not more, is all scheduling, right. logistics, right. details, finances, right. like just having to do the little nitty gritty details right. of keeping a business running. Right. But are you learning? And like, do you- so much. Right, exactly. So much. But I feel like. I am the type of person that wants to micromanage those things and I and and have to. You're never going to get to the point where you're not going to have to do those right. things. Right. There's not a job out there that's as glamorous as it looks. I agree. Even a movie star will probably tell you that right. like filming on set for, you know, 20 hours a day and right. freezing cold and 10 hours of makeup and not seeing their family right. and not having access to like good food or whatever it <laughs> right. is, It's like, work. It's work. It's called work and for it, a reason. A yeah. lot of people, I think, don't see that.
1: Right, and they just expect to come in, and it's super shiny, and mm-hmm. and it turns out that actually you have to like it's you have to put in a lot of grit and a lot yeah. of hard work and a lot of hours, and other parts of your life may suffer, but yeah. it's all temporary too, yeah. you know. And like, look what it can afford you. You yes. know, like we're so lucky that we have these jobs, but it's not like we they just were placed in the palm of our hands. Right. And like, and it's not also, the, like you were saying, that now that we have them, it's like, oh, we're at the top and it, it, the rest of it goes away. Like, yeah, you this still is have every to work day really hard. Definitely. It's yeah. still always a grind. Always, always a grind. And I yeah. feel like I really focused and I, you know, speaking so much about like the trajectory upward without ever speaking about... How many rejections there were, and Mm -hmm. like how I, you know, on my way to like landing the jobs that I wanted and like truly dream job after dream Mm -hmm. job, that there were like unpaid internships in my 20s and like nannying. And I interviewed for Vanity Fair twice before I got the job. And like, I totally forgot about that. Like, GQ, Interview Magazine, 17 Magazine, Teen Vogue. I mean, every single one said no. Until you know, the one said yes, yes. and then even when I was there and looking for a new job, it was like more and more and more in other Mm -hmm. TV shows. Mm -hmm. And it was like, how do I, how do you ever get to the next place if nobody's willing to take a risk on you Mm -hmm. until somebody does?
0: Right, but and you also like you don't know how far to go. You keep getting no's. It's like, okay, when is this going to be enough and when am I going to have to be like, this isn't for me. I need to switch careers. Right, right. Or do you? How do you? you? I don't know. I don't know. Like, I just feel like you have to trust your gut. Mm -hmm. And also, if you have a goal and this is your passion, that you just have to keep going until someone says yes. I think so too. Like – a million no's and then get a yes and it, you you will eventually. Right. I, I just feel that. Right. If and if you work hard enough, right. you will eventually get it. I agree. A yes.
1: If you're passionate enough, yeah. you want it bad enough, you're working hard enough, you just keep going and you yeah. and you and you get it. And yeah. somebody does eventually take the chance on you and like then you prove yourself or you don't. So true. But it was like almost like we were just we were talking about dating and it or or was, were we just saying this? I was just saying, or maybe it was over Someone's my lunch, yeah. That it was like all of the... No. I'm <laughs> always
0: like, was that in a dream or is that a true story that I just told? <laughs> Fully have that at least once a week also. So you were saying someone told you a
1: oh, story... Oh, 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 about... We were talking about dating and it was like... And I it can almost relate back to jobs. She was like, well, everyone... And I've talked about this with you for sure. Like everyone doesn't work until the one that does, right? right? So like it's all going to be a no Mm -hmm. until it's a yes. Mm -hmm. So like nine times, like 99% of your relationships or your job, like they're not going to work. Right. Which is such a like amazing kind of way to change how you think about it. You know, Uh it feels Uh so much less when you're just thinking about odds. Uh Like it feels, I don't know, something comforting in, no, in, I think you're so right. Way, you know? Like how
0: many people did I date that aren't my husband? Exactly. I mean right. not that many. But No, like-
1: I was gonna <laughs> say like three. Yeah, no, but I don't know. But right. <laughs>
0: but for for a lot of people, like no, you have yeah. to the same thing, like you have to kiss a lot of frogs to find your prince. Your you have mom to always like says that. Yeah. to have a lot of bad jobs, yeah. get a lot of experience, yeah. have a lot of rejection a to lot. finally find something that actually works out. And I also feel like social media is not on everybody's side when it comes to this because, like everybody always says, social media is such a highlight reel of everybody's lives. Like, I'm not posting all the times that someone like rejected my clothing line, or I'm not talking about that stuff. I mean, I'm taught, I I talk about the other hard things, like uh, you do, you know, I do talk about hard things, but. I think professionally closed off about their failures or about not succeeding in certain things. Do
1: you feel like you provide an accurate insight into your life, like a balanced one on your social media?
0: I feel – I think you do. I, I think I really do. I think that I don't go overboard and share every gory little detail of what's going on with me because I just think that's you boring. I also can't. think you have
1: to protect something. Yeah. You know, something has to be just for you and your family and your yeah, life. Yeah, totally. Right?
0: But I do think that like... The struggles that I think are broad enough that a lot of people are going through, I try to cover that. Right. The more, like, nuances, like, the little daily Mm -hmm, things mm -hmm. that are in my life that are annoyances or little fights I get in with Timmy or issues I have with my family. Like, I don't need to talk about those because no one will will really understand. Right. Um, That's what you can talk to me for. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. And, like, also stuff with my career. I I guess I don't really talk about, like – my path that much um, maybe that's something that I should highlight a little bit more I think so Yeah, you've done a lot of stuff I know I've been all over the place
1: but but right successes are all mixed in with failures and I feel like nobody is without them but I just Mm -hmm. didn't want to leave that out because I feel like there were like really dark times and jobs I really wanted Mm -hmm. like I remember crying and crying and crying when things didn't work out same with one relationships ended, but then you get on a path and you're like, oh it all it
0: all works, works out, out. Yeah. it all
1: works out
0: and now a little break to hear from our sponsor I feel like a lot of you guys have heard about thrive market, but I don't know that you know really how amazing they actually are. If you haven't heard about them, here's a little tidbit. They are an online marketplace on a mission to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone. They offer the highest quality, healthy, and sustainable products available for every budget, every lifestyle, and no matter where you are. You can shop for thousands of the best-selling organic foods and natural products at 25-50% to below traditional retail prices. Did you guys even know that? It's pretty insane. Also, shopping a Thrive Market means supporting a select group of brands that make the world a better place. They sell non-GMO food, snacks, vitamins, Supplements, personal care products, eco friendly cleaning supplies, safe and non toxic beauty products, kitchen staples, home goods, organic baby food, kids' products, and so much more. Plus, it's all shipped straight to your door, so you can just shop for all these amazing things and not even have to go anywhere. How cool is that? On each products page, you can see really personal things like why you'll actually love it, and price comparisons to retail, nutritional ingredients. So, many of the product pages. Pages, even include the brand's background story and why the product is safe for your family why not choose a few must- try products and do a few price comparisons to retail this can actually be very powerful for you they also have a very easy filter system so you can easily filter your selection by the values that matter to most of you guys for me i especially love shopping for wine on thrive market because i like to get organic wines but for you guys you can really personalize it so whether you're paleo, gluten-free, vegan, kosher, also including non-GMO, sustainably farmed, fair trade certified, BPA-free, and so much more. We spend so much of our time reading labels, but we really don't have to with Thrive Market. If you guys want to take advantage of all of this, which I highly, highly, highly recommend, I am going to get you 25% off your first order and a free 30-day trial. Keep in mind, though, that Thrive Market's prices are already 25 to 50% off, so now they're giving you an extra 25% off and the 30-day trial. I know many of you guys will be going to the grocery store a lot this week, so why not just give Thrive Market a try and shop from your home? So to get this extra 25% off, off your order and the free 30 day trial, head to thrivemarket.com slash with wit. That's thrivemarket.com slash with wit. And now back to the conversation. Along this path of you know, working hard and living in New York and being best friends and parting, obviously came a lot of heartbreak for yes, us and yeah. going through various relationships and really being there for one another. Yep. And I do want to talk about heartbreak because it's something that is not super relevant in my life right now, but I th- sometimes I'll think about it, and I'll be like, oh my God, it happens all day, every day to people, and it literally feels like death. It's death. And I, thought, I just think it's because you and I have experienced it so much yeah. together that yeah. we could maybe give some tips to people okay. who are going oh through it or who have yet to go through it. And don't know what to tell themselves. Yeah. Well, my Um, tip is get yourself a friend like you
1: because mm -hmm. I will never forget when I moved to New York originally in 2009 Mm -hmm. when you were filming The City. And I moved there for a guy, for my boyfriend of two and a half years Mm -hmm. at that point. This wasn't like some new relationship. And about three and a half weeks in, he dumped me. And you slept in my bed. You made me eat. You made me shower. Skinniest you, you've ever been. Oh, I looked so good. <laughs> That's the one plus. Silver of lining. Up. It's so grotesque, <laughs> but it's so true. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the people. It's just such a weird thing because even the people that you love and trust and the people that are closest with you that you wouldn't survive it without, like mm-hmm. everything they tell you when you're going through it, you don't want to hear. Like, mm-hmm. you're going to be okay and time will heal everything. And this is for the best. I hate that. This is for the best. Totally. You don't know that. Also, what if we get back together and you just said, like, <laughs> this, this is you, for you the did, best? You dodged a bullet. This is for the <laughs> yeah. best. I'm like, Whoa, well, and then we did get back together, actually. But, and then we broke up. That again. recently but, happened
0: <laughs> with Timmy. Me and a friend yeah. like the friend <laughs> told us they broke up and we were like oh thank god they weren't right for you right. like Timmy unfollowed her on social media <laughs> oh, like full break yep. and then a month later oh um we got back together and it's like well what are we? Timmy's like what are we supposed to do next time we see them like right. I unfollowed her on social media and now follow, she has to her accept back. me again <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, but no, I mean I remember going through heartbreak like literally it wasn't until my dad passed away that I really got perspective on it but I remember at the time when before that thinking like this is what what losing somebody must feel like somebody must feel like and in a way and it's
1: obviously on such a a lesser level but it it really is a version of that Mm -hmm. because if you're with somebody who has become like your best friend your lover your advice giver your go-to for everything it's like so hard to reconcile that, like on Monday, that's your person, and on Tuesday, you are never to communicate with this person. It's just over, right like how does it just it doesn't make they're just gone, yeah, and that's why I think it it is so often compared to to a death because the loss is spe- the relationship
0: is dead, totally there yeah. was so remember how much like do I text him or he texted me and what do I write back? Yes. All the conversations about the communication between the two. Right, and what's appropriate and what's not and can I reach out? What do you think about that?
1: I mean, I don't think that there's like a handbook.
0: I think that you
1: have to – and this is only something I've like learned in later years, but that like you have to think of yourself first and protect Mm -hmm. yourself. Like Mm -hmm. I think old me going through a breakup would have like gone through – gone to any excuse to reach out to the person to connect to feel like to, because you just want to feel like they're they're in your orbit somehow even mm-hmm. if you're not seeing them but to like because it almost reassures you that you're not nuts that it right. end, like there was something that there could be or whatever like you're just trying to hold on and like I experienced heartbreak again recently and I feel like now now and I think that's just a sign of maturity and growth I'm like I am desperate to talk to this person Mm -hmm. not currently but was Mm -hmm. desperate to talk to this person but i i'm thinking of me Mm -hmm. and like this is what good therapy people do but it like teaches you to sit with that discomfort but at the end of the day like sitting in your loneliness is going to help you in the long run Mm -hmm. so like hold back you know what i mean protect yourself hold back because reaching out doing that thing is just going to prolong the inevitable, which mm-hmm. is that it's over. Unless you really think that something is like still there and happen. somebody, yeah. you know, but you're, it, right.
0: It prolongs the pain because right. it makes it harder to really let go. I feel totally. like if you can just cut ties totally. as hard as it is, like, and like you said, everybody's different. We all have different right. coping skills. Right. But if you can cut ties and have the strength to, I really think that's the easiest I do too. thing. I, I really remember do. getting dumped and me, like, reaching out to his friend to see, like, oh, how yeah. he was doing. And yeah. then after I did it, I felt like such a loser. Totally. Like, I felt, like, so needy, right. so desperate. I'm like, he dumped me. It's He's a bad not look. even reaching out to right. me. Right. And then I felt worse about myself and spiraled into a whole other like, shame spiral right. that, you know, was compounded with the heartbreak, and then it just became worse than it needed to be. That's a darkness that you
1: don't want to get into. No. no right. No. It's like,
0: oh, let's let's figure out how to make this
1: worse. Like, I'll spiral. <laughs> like, I remember when I was dating one of your now husband's friends for Ugh. five seconds, who I was obsessed with. Yeah. And it ended. <laughs> and the next morning, I went out with my friends and woke up the next morning, and I had called him 17 times. Oh my God.
0: <laughs>
1: I don't even think I knew that. Seven, oh my seven God. like that—that is—that will—that will, will change your life, though I'll tell you. Set, yeah. I, because that happened ten years ago, and I will never forget that.
0: Ne- Nor will never I ever make that again. mistake
1: again. Oh but yeah, God. fully,
0: full. we all have our moments of psychosis. Oh, of like, course. Like being, drunk texts. I yeah. mean, there were multiple times where I'd wake up in the morning and I would just delete whole conversations. <laughs> because you don't even want to I look. not even want to. Even if it wasn't about a breakup, I was just like, I know that I drunk texted someone, yeah. even if it was my mom. Right. I'm like, I don't want to embarrass myself right. again. Right,
1: right. And it's like nobody else even has to know, but the, the embarrassment you feel for yourself it's is like so cringy. real. Yeah, yeah,
0: totally. So... So now, you know, living in New York City and dating and being 34 years old and being single, I mean, honestly... Okay, like you always say, the grass is always greener. I'm married. I have a kid. I'm not saying that I don't want to be married or not (laughs) have a kid, but sometimes the thought of the freedom that you have makes me not jealous, but maybe envious envious a little Mm -hmm. bit. Like I wish that I could just wake up and decide what I was going to do that day, like go work out, eat whatever I Mm -hmm. wanted, like just think about what I want to do instead of putting other people's needs before mine. Right. How how do you feel about being single at our age? Um,
1: it's weird. I mean, I think it's like not similar to the job thing, but along those lines, it's like I never pictured my life like this. But then, who does? You know what I mean? There are things that have happened in both of our lives that nobody could have imagined. Nobody mm-hmm. can predict the future. Surely, as a little girl, I it's funny. I think when you're like ten, twelve, whatever, and you imagine getting married and having a, a family. It's before you understand what that really means and the work that it takes and the commitment and, and that it's not, it's not just like, oh, I want a husband and babies. It's Mm -hmm. like, I, now I see my friends and it's life changes. And so no, I don't think this is what I would have thought my life would look like at 34 when I was younger, even in my twenties,
0: but it's my
1: life, you know, yeah. and I can't like this is what it is, and I, I am no.
0: Well, I think, um, yeah, I think you're an example, because I think that a lot of people. I think when they get to their mid-30s, start to panic a little bit. Right. If marriage and children is something that they wanted in their lives right. or vision, they right. start to panic a little right. bit. And I just feel like there's been little moments mm-hmm. where I can sense that you're not exactly where you want to be. Right. But I think for the most part, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, if I'm speaking for you too okay. much. But I think you so own. Sweating. (laughs) No, I think you so own who you are and you have come such a long way and you know exactly what you want and need now and you're so confident and you won't let a man run you around and if he's gonna waste your time you are so open and honest with him and you you will give it up and I just feel like there are not a lot of women out there it at our age that have the confidence to be like that right and so well, i just thank you i mean I look amazing thank you i mean like there are
1: i get sad on sundays like most people you yes. know like it's like sure i look at you and thank god like i love to be like bringing my husband and baby to the park to go play with timmy and sunny and like there's mm-hmm. a version of like what life would look like if it were that now but mm-hmm. i also like you said i like I don't know. I think I also just came to learn that like I'd rather be on my own than be in bad company Mm -hmm. and like it's not worth it to like date the wrong person just because you're trying to make it something it's not or because Mm -hmm. you care about having a boyfriend or what other people will think. Like I feel like I've been like actually really lucky in love and I've like through my dating every single one of the, the people that I've dated has informed my next Phase and Mm -hmm. my next decision. Like, so yes, I'd love to be married with a family now, but I also think that, like, had I married any of the guys that I'd been with, like in my 20s or even early 30s, I'd be divorced. Yeah. Because they weren't the right guys. Right. And, like, every single one of them has taught me, like, more of what you need. More of what I need and more of what I don't need and Mm -hmm. what I don't want to put up with, quite frankly. Like, I just think there's been a lot of bullshit, but there's also been, like, a lot of. It's, like, almost like I could pick things from the guys and be, like, you know, this one's sense of humor and, like, this one's kindness and, like, fuck the whole thing on this one, yeah, you know what unfortunately, I mean? Like, none of that, that one, you know, but, like, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, yeah, you can't, but it, 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 it every every decision and every informs the next, whether they were good decisions or bad decisions, and there have been plenty of bad decisions I've us. made for everybody, yeah. right? So I think you just have to... I don't know, learn something so that it's not wasted, Mm -hmm. you know, and take it to the next. And also just
0: be okay sitting in the body that you're in right now in the environment that you're in. Totally, sit in it. And just trying to be like, this is what's happening to me right now. I'm not going to sit and feel sorry for myself. But I do. I do. I have moments. But but we all do. You don't do that. All the time, Mm. all day, every day. Because if you did... You'd know. (laughs) I would know. And you would be a mess. And you wouldn't attract anyone, friends or lovers. And that's not the person that you are. But I think that, yes, it is is human to have those moments. And we all do. We all feel sorry for ourselves about various things, whether we're single or not. But you definitely are empowered in who you are right now and you're you're always trying to make yourself the best version of yourself. And I think in doing that work, like, he's going to come along. Yeah, I'm yeah. not
1: concerned that he won't. I feel yeah. like it, like...
0: Yeah. It just hasn't been
1: your time yet. Yeah, or, yeah, we'll see.
0: Yeah, or maybe, <laughs> yes.
1: No, I don't know. Yeah. I don't I don't feel nervous that it's never going to happen, but certainly on some days, I wish that it would just hurry up already. Yeah,
0: on some days or on Sundays?
1: Both. <laughs> <laughs> Especially Sundays. That shit gets dark. <laughs> yeah, Sundays are bad for everybody. <laughs> like literally in a full body. It's hot in here. Is it or am no, I just we nervous? Can we, can we can
0: wrap it up. Oh, do we have to? No, but what else do you want to
1: talk about? I don't know. Do you think we've helped people? Do you want to tell the Leah story?
0: Oh my God! Yes, <laughs> duh. Okay, so one crazy night in New York. Actually, you should tell the story because you'll remember it better. I thing. will. But you guys, I have been dying to tell people this story for ages because what? I, nobody believes you. <laughs> I feel like whenever I tell it to friends, no one believes me. And so, can you just validate the story, I'm please? In. Yeah. I'm okay. In. So
1: we went to Avenue, and this was, you know. Late aughts, like two thousand nine. That's the thing people say. Oh my God, I've it never always, heard that. Yeah, say it. It's okay. cool. Two thousand nine. We go to the club. We go to Avenue. Rihanna is there oh at a God, table. Right. This is how it all started. Right. Rihanna is there and comes up to you to tell you. We, oh no. Okay. Starting over. We okay. go to the club. Rihanna's there at the front table. You go to her to tell her that your ex-brother-in-law wrote the song S.O.S., mm-hmm. which was, like, her big hit. This was, like, before she was a thing. S.O.S., please, someone, someone help, help me. me. It's not healthy. For me, me to feel, feel this. this oh, yeah. okay. We got it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then she tells you that she loves The Hills, and you're like, what? Rihanna watches The Hills and The City and all this shit, and it's so crazy. And then who comes up to her to also... Tell you, but Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh Oh, yeah,
0: (sighs) I I remember what I was wearing that night. You do? I was wearing wearing, like a little black t-shirt, like baby tee, with high-waisted black floral shorts and high high heels. My hair was down and like blown dry. Yeah, it was all legs, as it should be. Model off duty. Edit that out. No, <laughs> I'm don't kidding. keep it.
1: So, and then Leo comes up to you and Leonardo starts. Leonardo
0: DiCaprio, by the way, you guys. You, in case if you didn't hear the first time, yeah,
1: comes up to you to also like m- insinuated that like he had missed the the week prior's episode, and you're like, your head is spinning. Like, wait, is he telling me he watches the city? This is very confusing, but also incredible. Mm-hmm. So there was a phone number exchange. Then we went to One Oak around the corner because he was going there with his friends and asked if we would meet him, which like, yes, obviously, (laughs) obviously. (laughs) And then I remember dancing alone on the dance floor because you were like in a corner talking to him and I didn't want to intrude, but also like couldn't leave.
0: Oh you, my god. <laughs> do you even remember what you talked about? No, I feel like I was getting probably drunk at that point. Yeah, probably. I don't remember.
1: It's and, such a shame. And then we left and you dropped your phone in a puddle mm-hmm. and somehow it survived and you were BBMing because those were the days of blackberries mm-hmm. and we went back to your house and like like called your mom. Yes. And and sat on the kitchen floor like eating hala like Constructing text messages until literally six o'clock in the morning when oh we're like God. we have to call this a day. Like surely he'll be around tomorrow. And and that was and it. That was
0: it. Yeah. And then we had a BBM relationship totally. for like six months. Six
1: months. I think it was no. that long.
0: That's crazy. I think it was that long. Unless never I made never that saw up. each other again. No, I saw him one more oh, that's time. Right. Oh, that's right. I saw him at the Roosevelt. That's Hotel. right. He invited me out that's to Teddy's. Right. And he invited me back over to his house, and I said no. The
1: the only girl, which is also, I have to say, when we were talking about like me being rebellious and you not, God bless you. Are you the only girl who's ever said no? But like, and at the time, it was like, what are what are you thinking? You go,
0: like you have to go. I was too nervous. I know. I like never had a one night stand. Which it didn't, it didn't even have to be. be right, right. Well, I didn't know what it had well, right. to be. Well, right. You know, right if if right. Leonardo DiCaprio invites you over to his house, like. Yeah, it's probably like something. Yeah, right, right. Like, so I was way too nervous to do oh it. And God. then I lost my chance. And it's I really know. one of my bigger regrets in life. See,
1: I think it's really fucking cool. Oh,
0: so, oh, yeah, man. you guys. That was a good if night. If you didn't think I was cool, now you night. probably do.
1: Or like, <laughs> no, I think it's the coolest. I think it's actually the coolest that you were like,
0: no, nope. night, night,
1: this was enough.
0: But on that wasn't really what stopped the relationship. I had told I remember. the producer of the show, The Hills at the time. That's right. And he leaked it to a magazine. No, he leaked it to Perez Hilton. Oh. And it came out
1: there. And I remember we had lunch like two weeks later and you were like, Well, I've only told two people, and I was like, "Do do you think (laughs) that I I leaked this to Perez Hill? Like, what are you insinuating?" Definitely,
0: you know who. Oh my god. Yes, and then he never spoke to me again. Never spoke to you again. I I messaged him one night. Like, did you ever see him again? Like,
1: never.
0: I wonder what would happen if you did know. I know. I wonder if he would even like remember that we had this relationship. Right. If I said hi to him, if he would say hi back. Yeah. I hope that happens. Just for like... I could have been married to Leonardo
1: mm, I'm glad you're married to Timmy. I know, same. He's a good one. Same, same, same. Addendum to Leo. I just want to remind people that this was peak Leo. Like, this... When we met him wasn't peak Leo, but who he was to us growing up Mm -hmm. was peak Leo, Mm -hmm. right? So like, (laughs) a kid idolizing leo now meeting him 10 years after that like that i don't when really they know could how actually to explain engage it
0: engage with him and possibly yes. be like a love interest in their life to- without it being like illegal it's it like so it's like ideal. a 16
1: year old being obsessed with harry styles right now and then meeting him when she's 26 years old at a club and like maybe having a chance yeah like that's what it that's <laughs> how i can so explain true. it It was such a big deal. Such
0: a big deal. Yeah. Andrea, Jindria. Can we do this again Duh, I love having you. Okay, I hope the people like it. They will. Okay. Okay. Thanks. See you
1: next time. Bye.
0: Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you loved this episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review because I want to hear from you guys. You can let me know what you thought of this episode or anything more you want to hear about. Thanks. Peace in the streets.